Hey, I'm Jesse. I hope that you're using your new Peloton, your new treadmill, working off some of the Christmas weight that you gained to the glory of God. Now burn the fat like a fragrant offering to him. And let's continue with what the Bible says took place after the birth of Christ, these seldom taught texts. So Simeon has just made this prophecy about Jesus being a light, a revelation to the Gentiles. Sorry, I keep looking that way. It's snowing right now as we film this. It's kind of distracting. It's cool. We're up on Tiger Mountain. He also then looks to Mary and he says some shocking stuff to her that Mary is going to hold in her heart and it's going to illuminate some of the familiar stories of the gospel. Maybe the Easter story will take on a different meaning based on what Simeon and Anna say to Joseph and Mary. So in verse 33, his father and mother, that Joseph legally is Jesus's father, were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So there are three basic portions to Simeon's second prophecy given specifically to Mary. And just imagine all this from Mary's perspective. If you were with us in our earlier devotions, go back and watch them if you missed them, wherein Gabriel speaks to Mary. Mary is favored by God, and being favored by God doesn't mean necessarily what you might think. It doesn't mean what we colloquially today have come to conflate it into, what prosperity teachers have conflated it into. Like, God's favor means being used by God mightily. And this favored woman of God, we know for a fact, I can say with full biblical authority that God favored Mary. Why? Because God's messenger Gabriel said exactly that. And when you're favored by God, it doesn't mean you're exempt from pain. God's favor is not a get out of jail free card. God's favor is being used of him mightily, not spared hardship. The three basic aspects of it are this. This child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. Okay, And that a sword would pierce Mary's own soul. And three, that the thoughts of many hearts would be revealed. So let's talk about this first one. The rise and fall of many in Israel is a sign that's going to be opposed. We definitely know about the sign being opposed because Jesus is going to perform miraculous signs but still be opposed. He's going to feed thousands of people miraculously. And then those same people are going to come to him and say, okay, now what sign are you going to perform for us so that we'll believe in you? And he'll, he'll get to the point where he's going to say, Beware the generation that demands signs and wonders. No sign will be given to except for the sign of Jonah, that the Son of Man will be in the belly of the earth for three days like Jonah was in the belly of, of the big fish, and then three days later would rise again. He's, he's, he's going to get to a point where he stops performing signs and wonders and even proclaims woe upon those who saw his signs and wonders. Woe to you, Capernaum. Woe to you, Bethsaida. It'll be better on the day, uh, on the day of judgment for Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be for you because of all the signs that were done in your midst. He would perform signs and they would accuse him saying, because of, it's by the power of Beelzebub, it's by the power of the devil that this guy works miracles. And Jesus gives the statement that I, I love Abraham Lincoln, he's the, the founder of my political party, uh, but he <laughs> didn't quite use this passage in context. Like a house divided against itself cannot stand. Like by the power of the prince of demons, I'm driving out demons. 
when you realize what the house in the metaphor is talking about, it's not actually a good thing. Abraham Lincoln, awesome as you are. Jesus performs signs, but those signs are opposed. So the first part of his prophecy is clear. The rise and fall of many, basically you rise and fall based on your belief or rejection of Jesus. Those who believed in Jesus would rise. It doesn't necessarily mean they would have easy lives. Every one of the disciples would be martyred. But do they rise? Indeed, they do. Do they fall? Yes, they fall. They rise and they fall. And it's all based on Jesus. It wasn't for lack of signs. Jesus performed numerous signs, numerous wonders. And those signs would be rejected. It, from, from the very first like eight days of Jesus' life, this Holy Spirit-filled prophet is already telling the whole story before it goes down. Many will rise and fall. They'll give signs and they'll be opposed. A sword will pierce your own soul. Wow. My bride, Jessie, uh, she resonates deeply with this text because it's the greatest pain we've ever known in this life to witness the death of our child. We were holding Aiden side by side when Aiden died and she resonated with this text. I remember that day she said, the sword pierced my soul today. She's right. And this was God's prophesied will over Mary through Simeon. And Mary is favored by God. So like if you came from a, if you came from a prosperity background who like, okay, you're going through trials, you're going through difficulty, your child died, it must be because of something you did. Man, buck up in Bible already. Like Simeon told Mary, who is favored by God, that a sword would pierce her soul. My wife and I didn't fully grasp that until we experienced the loss of a child ourselves. A sword piercing your soul. Like that's God's prophesied will? One of the most godly people in scripture? Yes. And the only reason that ever might be somehow conflated with a reason to disbelieve is if you come from a prosperity teaching. The only reason that suffering would ever be considered a case for disbelief is if God promised us only good things, but God didn't, so it's not. If God only promised us good things and we experience bad things, then you could say, oh, wait a minute, what's the deal? God's not keeping his promises. But God foretells people, righteous people, a sword is gonna pierce your soul. And to whom is he speaking? The bad guys? No, Mary. So don't ever let suffering dissuade you of your faith in God. There's no, re it's an absolute non sequitur. Mary was favored by God and told through the Holy Spirit inspired prophet Simeon, a sword's gonna pierce your soul. Does that bless you today? Yeah, it does actually. All right, the third is this, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I think about Nicodemus in this text, that the thoughts of many hearts would be revealed. Nicodemus was one of those. If you're, my, if you're like a the closet Christian, the thoughts of your heart are gonna be revealed. If you're worried about what's gonna happen in your company, you know, if, they come, if they know that I secretly love Jesus, I'll get denied that promotion. I'll get hounded on social media. People will like hammer me like I'm some sort of anti-LGBTQQIAAP plus bigot or something like that. And like th those thoughts of your heart are gonna be revealed. Nicodemus had his own coming out moment before the rest of the Sanhedrin. Joseph Arimathea too. The thoughts of many hearts were revealed because of Jesus, both in his physical life and today. All three of these prophecies were revealed, were, were realized. Tomorrow, you're gonna meet Anna, and she has an incredible story that God began writing from the very founding 
of the tribe from whom one of my kids is named. I'll see you tomorrow.